Hello everybody, Josh Neighbors here on this November 4th, 2020, and on today's Locked On Big 12 podcast, we have got our power rankings. I took yesterday off because it was election day, so today we're back at it. We've got our edition of weekly power rankings, usually on Tuesdays, but today we have them on Wednesday. I go team by team, 10 to 1 in the Big 12. Let's get it going. All right, let's get right to it here on the Locked On Big 12 podcast here on this Wednesday, November 4th. 2020 my big 12 power rankings so for the second week in a row we'll do these uh go from 10 to 1 so starting off in number 10 with no surprises right here it is the kansas jayhawks who are 0 and 5 in the conference they are 0 and 6 overall they have scored 70 uh, 97 points rather on the year they've given up 277 what is to be said about the jayhawks who are coming off a 52 to 22 loss against Iowa State. Mind you, I, I noted this. This loss against Iowa State was not as bad as it looked. It was a 16 point game in the fourth quarter. So they do deserve some credit there. This was not a complete, uh, you know, destruction wire to wire, right? There were some parts in this game where it was a two score game. Iowa State's offense did stall at times, but they ended up getting the 30 point win. So for Kansas. Once again, it is about building this offensive line. They need to make sure they build the offensive line. Another rough day for Jalen Daniels last week, and they are trying to find a way to protect him. Against Iowa State's defense, it was five sacks. I believe it's 28 sacks given up around that number through six games um, in the schedule so far for Kansas. Another thing that works in kind of, you know, it's worked against them is the the strength of schedule, right? They played a good Coastal Carolina team the first week of the season, and they lost by 15. They got the doors beaten, blown off by Baylor, who's not that good. And actually, to be honest, is the second worst team in the conference. That kind of shows you what the gap is. They lost by 40 to Oklahoma State. They lost by 21 at West Virginia. They lost by um, 31 against Kansas State. They lost by 30 against Iowa State. They have played pretty good competition for the most part. They've played the top end of the league teams. So, uh, but the results have been awful for them. And that's one thing I think we have to mention as my dog Bowie is in the background agreeing as he shakes his snake into an agreement. Uh, You guys will also know that Bowie likes to get involved in these podcasts, but Bowie right now is with me. Kansas is your last place team. It was funny. I was actually on the radio today on ESPN 1660 with Stephen Simcox in Central Texas. Uh, Also, you guys know him as a Locked On TCU host. He was on the show last week, but... We, he asked us, I believe his co-host asked me, hey, is there any way that Les Miles can turn this thing around at Kansas? And I mentioned once again the Khalil Herbert example of a guy who was really good, transferred, and then became a star, right? Was able to show us how good he was once he got away from this Kansas program. And that's the problem, right? How are you going to attract talent like those you know, decent three-star players, like your Jalen Daniels, if you can't protect them, if you can't guarantee them that they're going to be able to thrive, you know, or at least have a shot at thriving. Right now, if they keep playing like this, what chance does Jalen Daniels have? The answer is not much of one. So that's something that Kansas needs to work on is improving the surrounding parts to make sure when they do bring in a decent three-star, some decent skill players, they can accommodate those players and at least back them up to an extent and give them a chance to be successful because right now Kansas is not even giving themselves or any of the players in the team a chance to have any success. All right, sitting at number nine, we have the Baylor Bears, 
who lost 33-23 last week at DCU. That one was at home. And what's interesting about this game, we already mentioned that in our weekly recap, is that this game was not as close as a score indicator, right? TCU jumps out to a gigantic 30-point lead. They end up giving up, or 30-27-point lead, I believe. Uh, the score goes to halftime at 30-7, to so it's still a three-score game. But Baylor is able to make up that ground and make it a 10-point game in the fourth quarter and then never able to get anything going. And that's been the story for Baylor on offense, right? This Baylor offense has struggled mightily throughout the course of the season. The Bears have the 8th-ranked scoring offense in the conference. They have the 10th-ranked rushing offense in the conference. They're even behind Kansas and Kansas State, who are just averaging a little bit over 100 yards a game. Baylor's at below that, at 92.3. They have the ninth worst passing offense, so 208 yards per game. That's right where they are, and uh, that's been the struggle for them this season, right? This has not been an offense that's been very effective. The kicking, ga- kicking game hasn't, hasn't even been very good. The defense has been fine. Um, the defense is a little bit below average. It's seventh, but that's that's kind of to be expected with a bad offense. So Baylor is in a spot right now where we're considering them, we're looking at them, and we're saying, gosh, what needs to get better about this Baylor Bears team for them to improve? And I, I think one thing we have to recognize is that it is year one, right? And in transition for Dave Aranda in a pandemic, going from elite coordinator to head coach is going to be one that takes time. Um, he needs time, he needs patience, and this is not going to be something that's overnight. I even say to you now, I mean, the defense at times got shredded against TCU, but for the most part, especially in the second half, they did their job. They did everything they they needed to do to allow their football team, to allow their offense to get back into the game in in otherwise what was a pretty non-competitive contest. So I think there are signs of encouragement, but right now there is no way this Baylor team can be ranked any higher than ninth. And I know it's Saturday and they hammered Kansas and that gap between them and Kansas might be a pretty considerable one, but still they are ninth. Texas Tech goes number eight and I have a problem with myself, almost kind of a problem with myself doing this. If you look at Texas Tech's games, right, a seven point loss in overtime against Texas in a game they should have won, a 10 point loss against Kansas State, a 16 point loss against Iowa State, a seven point win over West Virginia, and then a blowout loss against Oklahoma, right? Eight feels like a, almost too high for them, but because of their results, I mean, this, t- this team has two wins, and they've got two wins over Houston Baptist and West Virginia by a combined nine points. So this team, obviously, the struggle for them is defense. They have one of the worst defenses in the conference so far this season. Uh, in terms of total defense this season, they are they are second to last in scoring defense. They are uh, dead last in yards allowed per game. In the passing game, they allow the most yards by a country mile. They're allowing basically 340 yards to the air per contest. And then on the ground, it's a bit better, but I think it's mostly because teams know that they can throw against this Texas Tech defense, which Matt Wells is going to take them some time to build that, uh, that defense up. The one question I have is, the difference between Alan Bowman and Henry Columbia is there a significant one for Texas Tech? Is there enough of a difference between those two to, you know, say that there is, I mean, I guess they're just going to keep rolling with Columbia, but, and he gets that win against West Virginia, but not a really convincing one. And we know Alan Bowman can put up big numbers. He did it against Texas. So I'm curious whether this is the right move long-term 
Um, Columbia is getting sacked more. Texas Tech actually is very good when it comes to sacks allowed. They actually do a pretty good job of, of keeping their quarterback upright. But Henry Columbia has been the one who's been sacked all seven times. So what that tells me is he's actually holding the ball a bit too long. You know, through that amount of time, yeah, the defense that they've played might have get, gotten better, but if you watch Texas Tech, he does hold the ball far too long, and that is what sometimes can cause him to panic, cause him to throw some passes maybe a little bit too hard, and ultimately get this Texas Tech team into some trouble. So that is my question moving forward, is that is this Texas Tech group good enough to compete with Henry Columbia, or is Alan Bowman a better option? And TCU is going to be a good barometer for them this weekend when they play the Horn Frogs. Their schedule, they've got a good chance to win three of their last four games. They've got TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. They will not be favorites this weekend, but still, I could see them knocking off TCU. Baylor's obviously gettable right now. At Oklahoma State, it's going to be a challenge. And then you got to beat Kansas, right? There, there's no excuse. Uh, obviously, once you lose to Kansas, uh, that is when we start having some serious questions about your coach, especially this version of Kansas, as we've seen them so far this year. So once again, Texas Tech is not Kansas. I, I think they're a little bit better than Baylor. And they've got a win against a surging West Virginia team. That West Virginia team this week, guys, is making some noise in my power rankings uh, as well. So I think that win should carry some water. They've got some close-ish losses, but I need to see some more development from this team's offense. I know that's weird to say for a Texas Tech team. Um, early in games, right, they got to keep them in these football games. they got to make sure that other teams, you know, if, if they start scoring early, they can hang with them. And the defense has got to become more consistent. I'm not sure I actually have an answer for how they do that because they don't generate a ton of pressure. They're not getting to the quarterback a lot. They don't turn teams over a whole heck of a lot either. So I'm kind of wondering what the key could be for this Texas Tech team. Maybe generating some more pressure. I don't know. But that's one question that Matt Wells and Kevin Patterson over there at Texas Tech are going to have to figure out. And they're going to have some time to do it, right? I think uh, next season is when you're going to seriously ask the questions about this Texas Tech defense and say, hey, are we getting any better? I'm not really sure it's, it's fair to do it in the 2020 COVID season. All right, numbers seven and six are coming up, and six is going to be my first big surprise of the day. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to just chill? How do you like to hit the reset button and get ready for whatever's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. Mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies themselves. Perfect for any moment to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind and watch some Big 12 football. So order Coors Light in the new look right now, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. At number seven, we have the TCU Horn Frogs, who come off a really nice victory this weekend, 33-23 against Baylor once again, a game that was not as close 
as a score indicated. And TCU, a chance to really jump up in these rankings, but their offense the second half kind of gave me a bit of pause, kind of moving them further. I think seventh at two and three is the right place for them to be. Obviously, that one against Texas for them is the best thing they've got going. They're still ninth in the conference in scoring offense. Uh, they are fourth in the conference conference and rushing offense, and that's mostly in part to the really nice game they had this past weekend on the ground against Baylor. But we talked to Stephen Simcox last week, and we talked about the identity of this football team is playing aggressive defense, playing man covers on the outside, getting after the quarterback, and also, too, running the football, which they did for over five yards a carry this past weekend. This was the recipe for success for TCU. Max Duggan was good early. He quieted down late, but they didn't need him to, and they were able to hold on in this game. Obviously, a lot to work on for TCU, but another chance for them to build this weekend at 2-3 and three overall and 2-3 uh, and three in the conference. They've got a chance this weekend to build against a down Texas Tech team. They're another one of those groups that the rest of the schedule, they could pull some out. They're at West Virginia after Texas Tech. They're at Kansas and home for Oklahoma State. So for them, I would say look at, looking at about 500. If you can go 3-1 and one and steal that WVU game or even, you know, what the hell, upset uh, Oklahoma State, you won't know what's, what's happening at that point of the season. But if they can go 500 the rest of the way out, you'll take that after a somewhat uneven start to the season. That's some stability. That means you went 3-2 and two in your last five. That means you calmed things down and so got TCU in the right spot. But they'd like to go 3-1 and one here so they can get themselves over back into the win column, and that would get them at 5-4 and four on the season at 500. That's, that's where this TCU program should be. But I don't know if that group is at this spot. That's why they're number seven in my power rankings. They're going to be hanging around 500. It's going to be a fight for 500. But uh, I'm interested to see how close they'll get to cracking uh, 500 this season. But Texas Tech this week, it's a big game. It's at home. They should be the favorites. They will be the favorites, and they should get the win as well too. All right, number six is Kansas State. This is a team that you guys will know was number two in my power rankings this week. Kansas State overall on this season is now 4-2. and two. They are 4-1 and one in the conference after suffering their first conference loss this past weekend against West Virginia in a game that they were hammered in 37 to 10 it was never a close game the decision making of their quarterback is what hurt them in this game early on it was will howard making uh air, more than errant throws they were bad throws they were rush throws so credit to west virginia for bringing the heat and getting after him but this offense stalled and the defense at times did its best jared Dagey had uh, some moments where he was able to move the football against them but for me, the offense needs to show up if they want to be competitive with the top class of the Big 12. And I know they got that game early in the season against Oklahoma. But the more we get removed from that, they've got a 10-point win against Texas Tech, a 7-point win against TCU, and then they blew out Kansas, which everybody does. And they have this loss against West Virginia. So it feels like they had that moment early in the season against Oklahoma after the bad loss. This is what Kansas State is, at least this version of it, at least with Will Howard. No Skylar Thompson, and so that's going to put pressure on them, put pressure on Will Howard to say, hey, you got to make some good decisions with the football. This defense is not going to be able to stop every Big 12 team from putting up numbers. You're going to have to score a little bit, and you can't turn the ball over, right? you got to keep the game on schedule. You're going to put up some amount of points. You can't just win every game. You know, It can't be 21-14 against TCU. I know they got the job done, but once you start playing more of the top half of the conference, which they have not yet, save for West Virginia – 
you're going to have to do more. And that's why the rest of their schedule is a nightmare. They play Oklahoma State this week. They play Iowa State the next week. They're at Baylor, which is a bit of a, a respite, but you don't know at that point in time, you know, will Baylor have some things going in the right direction? So you got to look at this Kansas State team. They did not get Deuce, Deuce Vaughn the ball enough on Saturday, and they were in a deep hole really from the word go. They also have Texas to end the season as well, I forgot to mention. So Kansas State, I mean, a really – unconvincing performance against West Virginia. A bad, bad loss. And I know they're still at the top of the conference in the standings, but if you look right now and you saw that effort and you think about if they played everybody else at this point in time, they're not going to be favorites in any of those games. They wouldn't be favorites against WVU, obviously, right after that. They're not going to be favorites against Oklahoma State or Texas or OU or Iowa State. They're not going to be favorites in any of those football games. And for that reason, I just can't move them up um, I like some of the stuff they did on defense, especially Wiley in the middle. He was fantastic, but not enough for me to say, hey, they should hold a spot still in the top five after what we saw from some of the other teams in the conference. And speaking of the top five, that is coming next after one more word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it and go every day. It's easy to take. Built Go is with a 1.5 ounce package. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine like I do, or to put it in your pocket just to get you through any kind of day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They've got three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Build Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast absorbing protein, so it gets into the system faster. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Build Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my workout. Build Go then kicks in to keep me going strong. It's got B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily vitamins. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you just look better. Right now, go to BuiltGo.com. Use a promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off on your next order. Once again, that's BuiltGo.com. Promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's go to number five now in the power rankings. And it is the West Virginia Mountaineers who hammered Kansas State this past weekend, 37-10. The place to start here for West Virginia is their defense. This defense is surging. They have now made it. They are second in the conference in scoring defense, allowing just below 20 points per game. They are first in the conference in yards allowed, second in the conference in rushing defense, and they are first against the pass. 
West Virginia has come such a far way defensively from where they have been in the past, and this group is starting to come together. They generated a lot of pressure this week. They've got 20 sacks on the season in their six games, so it's a team that, that's proving they can get to the quarterback. They've got multiple guys in Jared Bartlett and also in Darius Stills who can create some of that pressure, guys that can wreck your day. And then the freshman, Akeem Mesador, has been unreal for them up front. A guy who's got four sacks on the season just as a freshman. So he's somebody that has caused a lot of problems for defenses as well, too. This is a group that we saw them force some turnovers last week. They forced five fumbles. They've intercepted nine passes in those six games they've played. They're so good at creating turnovers. And the offense does need to get a little bit better at capitalizing, but they're giving themselves a chance with this defense. And Jared Daigie, too, is giving them a chance throwing the football. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's completing 64% of his passes. He's played good enough. They are going to need that. They are going to need that moving forward, but this team has definitely deserved the number five spot in the power rankings. All right, let's get to number four. So somebody wrote a review on the podcast and said it's hard to find the one minute and 20 seconds that we don't talk about Texas and at this point in time, let's see, we're 20 minutes in and Texas has not been the focus of much of our conversation at all. So I'd like to point that out. And also, too, if you guys go back and listen, I mean, we're all over the map here. We are equal opportunity to the Big 12. And especially due to the fact that you guys, you know, on Locked On, we do have a Locked On Oklahoma podcast. We have a Locked On Longhorns podcast. Those two teams, you know, I'm not pretending to be the uh, the know-it-all about those two groups. We've got two podcasts uh, with those guys. We're having John Williams on this week. We had Patrick Hahn on last week. So uh, for those of you out there, if you guys think we're talking about too much of Texas and Oklahoma, I'm trying not to. That's why for the first 20 minutes today of the show, we didn't do it. But Texas is number four. Some might say, well, they just beat Oklahoma State, so should they be higher? No, they should not. Because, once again, I, I've stated that I was not incredibly uh, impressed with Texas' results against Oklahoma State. The result itself was very good. The output and the way they got there, I mean, they had to luck into it, right? The turnovers, they didn't force all of them. They had the monster game from Joseph Osai. They had a poor game from Sam Ellinger we're not used to, but I think that's kind of, you know, Oklahoma State was was able to keep him in check in a way that I think other teams can actually do. I, I think what they did last week might be recreatable. Um, and I think West Virginia could be the team to do it this week. One other piece of big news, Keontae Ingram is going to be out uh, this week against WVU. So that is a big piece of news right there for the Texas Longhorns. But they did get the win. They did beat the best team in the conference, a team that I still believe is still the best team in the conference. If, if Texas can get the win this week against West Virginia on the road, then they have my attention. That is something that I'll be very impressed with because – they're going to have to have that kind of effort again. I mean, they're going to have to improve their offensive play. There's no way they can do what they did last week and win the game. I think they're going to need another strong defensive effort again this week uh, to win this football game because I think it's going to be a dogfight. And uh, it's going to be, you know, as long as their defense shows up, that offense is going to give themselves a chance to win. Uh, and the defense for as much as many yards as they gave up, for as many opportunities as they gave Oklahoma State, they did give that offense chances to put in points, and they did. Whether it be field goals or touchdowns, they were able to convert. So Texas got the job done, but I said this today on the radio on, on 1660. I was saying, what from that last week's game is a blueprint of Texas football moving forward? Because uh, forcing four turnovers, getting outgained by over 200 yards, 
And then having 13 penalties for 125 yards or whatever how many yards it was is not a recipe for winning football games. I'm going to maintain that. So Texas, great win. They move up to number four, but nothing from that performance tells you they should be ahead of the three teams that are coming up next. And in the aforementioned third spot is Oklahoma. So Oklahoma gets a gigantic win this past week over Texas Tech. Uh, Their offense shows a lot of supremacy. They're great in the red zone. They're developing. They're getting better. I'm going to talk to John Williams today, uh, and that's going to come up tonight. Actually, kind of get almost a double feature today on this Wednesday, tonight slash tomorrow morning, so two podcasts in pretty quick succession. But we're going to talk more about Oklahoma. So we're going to kind of hit them, not on this show, but the next show. So they're number three. Great win for them. That's two in a row. Excuse me, three in a row. They get the win against Texas. Nice win against TCU. Blowout win over Texas Tech. So they've racked up two convincing victories after those back-to-back losses and then the kind of wild one over Texas. So Oklahoma building in the right direction. Two weeks of pretty solid defense as well. Right direction for them. Heading in a good way. We'll have more on them tomorrow. Number two is Iowa State. So Iowa State's here, and kind of this is where I want to wrap up the conversation because that means, obviously, Oklahoma State is one. But Iowa State's at number two with a big win over Kansas because I can't move them past Oklahoma State. You might say, wow, Oklahoma State showed a lot of uh, weaknesses last week against Texas. Yes, they did, but they did beat Iowa State two weeks ago. And for Iowa State cruising, trying to get some of that balance we talked about on offense against Kansas – They're going to have to show it against somebody else, right? It's almost as if for Iowa State that they were on the bye. And I know that sounds disrespectful, but that is kind of the reality of the Big 12 this season, that Kansas is just not that good. They play Baylor this week, Kansas State at Texas and West Virginia. The the part I'm curious about is those last three games, right? Take care of business this week against Baylor. But Kansas State, Texas, and West Virginia are the big question marks. That's where we're going to answer them. You know, is Oklahoma State, excuse me, is Iowa State just a benchmark of how good you are this year? Or are they a team that's going to be going to the Big 12 title game and actually vying for that Big 12 championship, a goal that we know that program has? That is what I'm curious to see. And uh, this weekend, I'm not sure we're going to get many of those answers against Baylor. Uh, I don't think we're going to get those, but and we didn't get very many against Kansas either. So a good win for them. They hold at number two. At number one, that is going to be Oklahoma State. Look, despite the effort they showed last week, I'm not sure how you don't put them at first. They're still the best defense. They showed that, even though they, they gave up 41 points. I mean, that was not their fault. Their offense showed to be, at times, elite And obviously, the one thing they have to work out is the turnovers. If they work out the turnovers, they are the best team in the conference. There is no doubt in my mind right now that as things sit, they are the best team in the Big 12. Those four turnovers, I'm going to keep saying it, they killed them. They absolutely killed them. They win that game easily without those four turnovers, even if they have those two. The problem is they had them. So if they play cleaner football, they are the best team in the conference. Now, if they start making a habit of turning the ball over a lot— then we're going to change our calculus. But for right now, it was a one-off. Spencer Sanders, clearly not all the way back and in normal, but he is still building and still working. Excellent job this week by Texas of shutting down the running game. But what it showed was that there are other avenues for Oklahoma State to get the ball out, to move the ball, to score the ball. They have so many different options, whether it's Wallace or Woods, uh, Stoner, you know, Johnson. They've got so many different weapons on the outside, and they do a pretty good job of using them. So despite the loss, I'm going to keep them at number one this week. So once again, we'll run through all of them. Ten was Kansas. Nine was Baylor. 
Eight was Texas Tech. Seven, TCU. Six was Kansas State. Five was West Virginia. Four was Texas. Three was OU. Two was Iowa State. And then number one still is Oklahoma State in the conference. So uh, those are my Tuesday, now Wednesday, today. Power rankings here on November 4th. Make sure you guys go check us out at LO Big 12. Make sure you guys subscribe, download, review, all those fun things. Also, make sure you guys tweet at us. Uh, tweet at me, at JoshNagers underscore. Want to hear your all's feedback? Want to do some fan mail questions? Want to do some mailbags? Answer some of your all's questions? Get your all's interaction here because we are now week number two of a new and revamped Locked On Big 12 podcast.